0: Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Who is the Slender Man? Coming to the Fearscape Media Network, FSMN's first ever mega October network crossover event, The Slender Man. Featuring three of your favorite network podcasts covering the Slenderman in all his slender glory. On October 1st, you'll hear Ghosts in the Attic, Bodies in the Basement, covering the Slenderman stabbing, where two 12-year-old girls lured their friend into a forest and stabbed her 19 times in a tent to become proxies of the fictional character, the Slenderman. On October 6th, Fearscape Paranormal Podcasts will be covering the legend, lore, and creepypasta of the Slender Man. And finally, on October 12th, join the Misters of the Dark as they cover the 2018 horror film Slender Man. Just in time for the Halloween season. Go to FearscapeMedia.com. Or wherever you stream your favorite Fearscape Media Network podcasts. Happy Halloween.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. We are on a journey to understand and to discover the phenomena that seems to exist all around the globe. We invite you To join us on this journey into the unknown.
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another lovely episode lovely episode of fearscape paranormal podcast here on the fearscape media network i am your host stefan gearhart and i am joined as always by probably the most intelligent dude i've ever met in my entire life and also josh josh rutledge is here so
1: am i the most intelligent guy my name is also josh or there's somebody else
2: here there's somebody else here
0: he's talking about
2: No, I'm not not talking about you, JD. I'm talking about myself. Uh, No, I'm talking about you, Josh. Um, You know, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, I don't want your head to get too big, as I know it will. Um, But I was laughing at, you know, you and I both, when we were in high school and college, we were on the struggle bus, not because we were unintelligent, But just because we were bored But at the time I don't think either of us Realized that and now you and I Are two of the most Academics of our Group of of Friends from back in the day Um, And I would say we probably Graduated with the lowest GPA
1: I I remember my high school GPA Oh I remember Uh, mine too I just don't want to share it I'll share it it was (laughs) 1.978 but i i graduated college with a uh a 3.7 so you know I,
2: um so college i still screwed around but i was still young and you went back later on um i was gonna say was, that was
1: my, my third and final attempt at college. yeah <laughs> was i was 7. like
2: my graduated because so i graduated with a, a bachelor of fine arts in theater and in my major i graduated with a 3.9 Yeah, baby, but everything else was awful and it caused me to graduate with a much lower GPA because I did not want to do gen ed. I was not there for gen ed. I wanted to do my major classes.
1: You know, you know how much employers care about your GPA?
2: None. And whenever they ask, I'm always like, why? Why do you care? Like, you know, the only time I ever got turned down was when I tried to be a substitute teacher for the Jefferson County uh jefferson well, County yeah. public schools because um i was literally one literally 0.01 underneath what their requirement was for college graduating gpa and they were desperate for substitute teachers at the time and they turned me down i'm like guys i was just screwing around let me tell you i have never stopped learning like if yeah. i could do it all again i'd graduate with 4.0 like i i am Watch now what? on adderall i can get done i have, <laughs> <laughs> i learned i had adhd ladies and gentlemen
1: so, yeah, I mean, it's it's like when I was like about 18 months so or so being done with college, I decided that I was going to shoot for a 4.0. So like at the time, I think I had like a, a 3.2 or 3.1. Mm-hmm. And so i worked those next 18 months to pull it back up to a 3.7. So, nice, yeah, man. Pretty... Congratulations. But anyways. Anyways, anyways, yeah. anyways now that we're <laughs> uh, done blowing sunshine up our own asses. <laughs> but I would say, you know, you said that this is a lovely episode. I would say this is a sensual
2: episode. I, same. we Semantics, my friends. My <laughs> semantics, okay? Because we're going to be talking about uh, David Huggins, okay? And the documentary about this man called Love and Saucers. Um, where did I say? It's on Tubi right now? Is that where it's at? You can stream it, for free? It's also on Amazon Prime. It is on Amazon Prime. That's
1: right. Because so like, I, I went the other day to, to watch it, and you can rent it. For five dollars or you could buy it for eight dollars
2: <laughs> so <laughs> i was like no nah, just add it to the collection so. or just go to tubi i'm almost certain it's on tubi tv uh which yeah, is great you gonna out. watch commercials eh, wasn't that bad um anyway so love and saucers which is essentially about this man who uh talks and paints about his abduction and his um well Don't give too much away early on. We'll get into that, but it's called Love and Saucer. So we're going to be talking about that, guys. This is going to be super fun. Super fun episode. Um, It's going to be fantastic. Just a quick reminder uh, if you haven't already, if you haven't become a blanket hugger, join our Patreon. There's a lot of cool stuff, some new wristwatch stuff. Uh, We got some cool behind the scenes stuff always getting ready to drop, you know, at a moment's notice. Um, You can go to patreon.com Fearscape Pod or Fearscape slash support. There you can become a monthly member, even as low as a dollar. We'll send you a sticker. I mean, it's all there's some cool stuff. I mean, you can still
1: and i'll tell you right now i'll tell you right now so the con coming up um uh, you know just in a couple of days from when this is going to air uh that we're going to do in louisville uh and then later the con that i'm going to be at um in west virginia with mm-hmm. the guys in west virginia we're going to have some we got we have some jersey devil lapel pins and They're they are so
2: cool i modeled nude for santosh for <laughs> that
1: I mean, you know, Santosh drew him like one of his French girls. That's right. And um, one of his Jersey girls. (laughs) We've got some Jersey Devil pins. And I have pulled out in reserve 20. I have pulled out in reserve 20 uh, Jersey Devil pins. Everybody who signs up at at least the $3 tier Mm. for Patreon, I will send you one of these lapel pins. And they're nice, they're like metal. Lapel pins, and eight, you're not even going to pay
2: shipping and handling.
1: <laughs> no, nope, I'm just, just sign up, and I will ship yep. you one of these Jersey Devil pins. That's awesome. Well they are
2: legit, really cool enamel pins. They are super awesome. I've got one on my backpack. They're awesome. And um also, like we said, Josh just mentioned it. We're going to be in Louisville, American uh Mid America Paracon uh in Louisville, Kentucky, October first, second, and third. We are going to be there. Lance is going to be there for Masters of the Dark. Our friend Victoria is going to be there i mean we are going to be having so much freaking fun you guys you can come meet us grab some stickers get a jersey devil pin sign up for some stuff tell us your uh encounters from the fearscape we want to know i mean you can tell us right there we'll record you live man like whatever you want to do we're going to be there there's going to be cool stuff cast of the monster squad is going to be there keith's going to be there i mean the only person not going to be there is my baby mama so she ain't gonna be there because she's gonna be in Arizona, but <laughs> I'm gonna be there and it's gonna be awesome. Go to midamericaparacon.com. You can get tickets. There's still plenty of tickets available, day tickets, weekend tickets. Uh, it's in the East End of Louisville. It's gonna be a lot of freaking fun, you guys. I'm telling you. Also, also, also do not forget that start coming in october like you heard earlier coming in october is the slender man mega crossover event okay uh next week is dropping ghosts in the attic bodies in the basement they're going to be talking about the slender man stabbing uh and then next week after that josh and i are going to be dropping our episode on slender man talking about the legend and lore the week after that myself and lance wayne the man with no name we're gonna be talking about this awful slender man movie from 2018 it's so bad we cannot wait to talk about it so we got a huge crossover event uh there's gonna be a playlist on youtube you can catch them all or just go to FearscapeMedia.com or find us on our socials because it's gonna be a sweet sweet event y'all um but anyways let's get cracking josh you ready to get moving because i am I'm ready to get moving. You are so ready. Um, so. ready to rock. I'm ready to rock my hips. Are you ready to rock? Ooh, you're going to rock your hips. All right. All right. Um, so we are going to start with our first segment of the week as usual, which is Psychic Word of the Week. And now, uh,
0: the Psychic Word of the week.
2: So psychic word of the week, as usual, comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from June G. Blitzer, Ph.D. Rest in peace, honey bear. I love you, but I've never known you. I ought to just pre-record that and put that at the front every time. You should. <laughs> just make it part of the intro. I should. Uh, so I turned to page 443. The uh, phrase or word that dropped uh, under my eyeballs said open system, open system, ladies and gentlemen,
1: that's. That's software that you can just download and use however you want. <laughs>
2: That's what I was thinking too or it's like a D&D thing um, Anyways, open system, there are two definitions here. The first one says a, com- a complex Oh, it's weird because I wanted to say complex or complex, but I had to read ahead. So a complex of components that maintain uh, an exchange of matter with their environment through import and export, as well as through the building up and breaking down of components and are still able to attain a constant state. So we're getting into well looks it's So it is. Alchemy so it's, almost.
1: it's software you could download and do with what you want. I mean,
2: kind of. Yeah. But it's more than just software, man. Yeah. I mean, it's components. Uh, number two says Seth here. And it says a place where matter exists in three dimensional form, having its roots in man's mind, which is not conformed to a set pattern. Open okay. system.
1: Open, Open system.
2: system. I mean, what is that? So like a, a mind that is ready to mold, ladies and gentlemen. So it's like a, uh, a new convert coming to your church. It's like Clayman from Batman. What is his name? Clayface Clay is his name. Is Clayface. 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 Face. Basil Carlo
1: is his name. Yeah. The, the, the first one. So there you go. Uh, but yeah,
2: open system guys, open system very interesting. So we ourselves are essentially open source uh, software. So you're you're welcome.
1: I mean, yeah. What what if what if what if we're all just copies of the original?
2: Well, I mean, essentially, that's what a soul is, right? It's like, it's like, it, some would say, you know, if if there's reincarnation, it's almost as if you, you're you like, uh, you get reformatted, your soul gets reformatted. So you kind of do the same thing, but you know, you still like got new programming on there, you know, and yeah. it gets backed up to the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> so i
0: don't know all right well let's get
2: moving on man i want to get to our next segment here's uh some of you may have even heard this already because it's kind of rocking cool but uh here's some spooky news So spooky news, man. Uh, this one's rocking. And I said that on purpose. Uh, the headline here says Sammy Hagar says he was abducted by aliens in the 1960s. Uh, Sammy Hagar was the, uh, of course, very famous rock and roll guy. Uh, most of you may know him as the second lead singer of Van Halen when they called it Van Hagar. Um, but he is also uh, part of some other bands and he got his Cabo Wabo tequila and all that stuff. Uh, anyways, this is, uh, this is what he says. This is what the article says here. Uh, says, Sammy Hagar swears he was once abducted by aliens, and he details his wild experience in a new interview. Speaking to Mystery Wire, the Red Rocker says his alien experience happened in the mid-1960s. He mentions that when most people ask him about his abduction, they expect him to backpedal, but he staunchly says his experience 100% happened. Hagar says, 4 o'clock in the morning, pitch black, dead asleep. I felt like I was being programmed, like someone's tapping into me, like it was a string from my head to like 13 miles up on a mountain place called Lau Creek. And I know right where it was, these little foothills, there was an object there. There was two people in it, two creatures in it. And it was 19, let me say, 64 or 65. So there was no remote control, no satellites. There were no computers. But I sensed they were tapping into me somehow. He goes on to say... They went, oh, no, he's waking up augmented telepathy. You know, they just did the communication when my head is waking up. They yelled out a numerical code, not of our numerical system, though. And it went and I can almost feel the plug like an electrical charge leaving zapped into their ship, put a light on in the ship where I see shadows of these creatures. And then all of a sudden, boom, I wake up in my house and in my bed. My room was infinity white. I couldn't move. I was completely paralyzed. My eyes were open and all of a sudden, bam, it just went black. And it was the time it was, uh, I broke sweat and I was shaking and I felt like my body was so drained. And, well, from that moment on, I believed in UFOs. Now, Hagar added that before that day, he never even looked at the sky and thought of anything except that there was a bunch of stars out there. Uh, But this was a very unique experience. The thought of us being the only ones in this giant universe when you know a little bit about astronomy. You know how big the universe is and what a speck of nothing we are. That to think that we're the only ones is pretty screwed up those people are crazier than the guys who believe in UFOs. And as for why he thinks aliens may have contacted him, Hagar says, "I don't think they were programming me. I think that they were just interested in like, you know, we what we do with animals, you know? So they had this advanced technology. They were sucking my brain to see what I knew, and by me catching them, enlightened me. I didn't learn anything. They didn't put something in my brain to make me special or anything. I don't believe that at all. I just Believe that by having that experience and realizing what happened my brain went boop it was like taking acid or something my mind expanded and i started searching for you know the truth and, and things like that and well i still am
1: well yeah and it's and that's a common thing from uh, contactees and abductees is that mm-hmm. when you have that kind of experience like your your thought processes change like you yeah. all of a sudden you're concerned about the earth more than you were before or you're right. You know more into like spirituality than you were yeah, before, just or, or
2: humanity in general, yeah. or just yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so this is a very very cool story. I mean, I'm definitely a big Sammy Hagar fan, and I had never heard that um, until now. So I mean, you know, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if this is the first time he's shared it publicly or not, but it's a pretty cool story.
1: Now, of all the uh, of all the early rockers, uh, was Sammy like big time into drugs like some of the others, or was he not oh, as yeah. much?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, he was in a band called Montrose. They're um, they that they do that. Uh, what is it? Highway 69. Like that was like that was one of their um, <laughs> songs. I can't okay. remember. Uh, but Montrose is a pretty cool band. But yeah, they were told. I mean, it was the 60s, dude. I mean, if you're in a yeah. rock and roll, well, yeah. you, were, you were doing acid and, and stuff, I just
1: so. yeah, I just worried if, you know, the
2: the skeptics will just say, oh, he was tripping oh yeah he probably was but that doesn't that doesn't negate yeah. the experiment or experience um also i'm like was he an open system <laughs> i didn't even because i didn't read the article ahead of time so again we haven't had have, we even had a good psychic word of the week mesh up with what we were talking about in a minute yeah. and that one's straight up what's the same thing sammy hart hagar basically saying he was an open system and he got reformatted so uh very very cool yep. Um, Well, all right, Josh, we've been rushing through because we wanted to get to we wanted to share our uh, creepy catch up about our Somerset trip with Santosh. So yep. let's go ahead and get into some creepy catch up.
0: Creepy catch up. Creepy catch up. Creepy catch up. Creepy catch up. Y'all, it's creepy.
2: All right. Creepy catch up, man. We had a we had a pretty cool experience i would say it wasn't as crazy so to speak as point pleasant was for us um but we definitely had some good experiences don't think we saw any ufos yeah we did at your house before we left for somerset yeah yeah Yeah, man i mean immediately like the first night i'm there we go out to your house and we go you know look at the fire and boom there's a ufo crazy one looked like electric bolts man just flashing like crazy like pikachu bolts man and it was moving so freaking fast dude and it spun around jupiter around
1: jupiter Jupiter. yeah yeah
2: crazy man i've never seen anything like that man never i mean
1: that was we didn't really have anything i mean and we went out that night because uh the weather had changed and so mm-hmm. it was going to be cloudy and somerset and stuff like that but yeah um but yeah so we, you know that was i think it was the only ufo that we ended up seeing that weekend um yeah it was we, but we had uh we had some good
2: um uh rodnings uh happened rodnings yeah. um we also had some uh we did some estes sessions which we haven't Estus, done in a while yeah uh, and that i channeled was that was that was really interesting as well doing a channel session
1: yeah, which I need to uh, I need to find the audio for that. Did I? I, I think I need to look at it and see because you you always get so freaking low when you channel. Mm-hmm. I don't Yeah, know, we need to start using that
2: little microphone lapel mic. Yeah, the yeah lapel we, mic.
1: we did that for uh, uh, for your. We, we did a hypnosis right with Santosh and.
2: Yeah, so that was another thing you guys have heard the, uh, me talking about for God a while now that we were talking about doing. Um, uh, memory recovery hypnosis to see if my experience when i was three or four or whatever um where i've always assumed that my sister and i got abducted if indeed that did happen um and it was a really interesting experience we thought we were gonna kind of just go for about 30 minutes it was almost two hours um and it was um man it was an experience man like i'm still still really processing things yeah Um, there's some frightening things (laughs) and, and trust things i mean i i don't even know if you know i'm nervous that what i said isn't the truth i mean i do improv so it's like yeah was my mind just storytelling was i just making connections i mean but I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know either
1: the emotion that was on your face and in your voice as you were telling some of that stuff. Yeah. And
2: Santosh had even said that there were a number of answers that came across like a four-year-old would answer um, as opposed to a 42 year old. Um, So it was very, very interesting. Um, I'm still not ready to release it yet because I'm still kind of processing it. Mm -hmm. And um, didn't, I didn't think it would feel so private. Yeah. But if we do release it, we'll more than likely be releasing it on Patreon. Um, And we'll, of course, let you guys know. But um, there was definitely, you know, some visions of going up. Almost like what Sammy was just talking about. So, you know, going up in a Uh, ship, um, seeing things i will say one of the things that freaked me out the most was this light beam that we saw that um bounced off a chrome ceiling and hit my body and made my skin translucent so it was like an x-ray light and so you could see all the organs in my body and uh i could see my little kid body all my insides and that was pretty freaky man i i I don't (laughs) if, if i made that up I need to be a sci-fi writer because that was pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. So that's just a little tease. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely still processing it and talking to friends and family um about things. Um, I don't know. But,
1: but you know, something that messed up uh, so something that came um out of one of the Estes sessions. Um I think that's where it was, was um something about uh, a fog and like a, a like a uh, uh, something rolling in like a fog or something mm-hmm. and it, it might have even been, even been during your hypnosis i'm i'm, I'm, pro- I'm trying to remember where it exactly came up but anyways and i you know after the fact i'm thinking about so the night that we after you did your hypnosis we went out mm-hmm. and grabbed some food um, which you know, shout out to that diner there in Somerset. That, like, yeah,
2: Reno's, man. That's where yeah, we went to that Reno's. Was, <laughs> that was some,
1: some awesome food, and they, they like stayed open for us. So that was really cool.
0: Yeah. It um, was.
1: but, um, when we came back, we decided to have a fire and just kind of sit around the fire and just kind of chill and stuff. And, um, we had, uh, the, um, uh, crap, what's it called from Keith? The Keith Rest Pod? The Rim Pod out there. Mm-hmm i had a little emf detector like you've seen like the green yellow red you know lights that light up and then i had the uh uh uh, divining rods is that what they're called dowsing rods
2: rods or dowsing rods yeah
1: so and a couple times we were getting hits on those dowsing rods and we were also getting hits on the rim pod and, and hits on the emf detector and I couldn't help but notice, but there was,
2: like, a deep fog. that. Just oh, a kind of massive deep fog. And yeah. it was really interesting because mm. each time we would do an Estus, the clouds would open up above us. Mm. Like, all of a sudden, we could see the stars. And as soon as the Estus session was done, the clouds would roll right back in. Yep. Um, and first time in a long time, we've had some Estus sessions, uh, especially yours, Josh, where I was asking questions, and you were answering them. like. Wow like quickly too I mean really weird circumstances even santosh and i were like whoa (laughs) you were like answering questions um that i was being prodded you know anyways by the things that were coming out of your session and then i asked questions and you'd be like yes it's happening right now or or i'd say what's that sound and you'd be like you hear that you know like oh it's crazy stuff like that so um it was definitely spooky man and we kept feeling like there was something there watching us too yeah uh, well not sure and I came out of the, uh, like at one point in time, I came out of the cabin
1: and I was walking back towards the fire and I got out of the corner of my eye, I saw this glimpse of this like shadow figure standing about, you know, 15 feet off to the side of the fire pit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I, and then like I did a double take, and it wasn't there anymore. But, you know, we, we all kept feeling like there was something there. Something uh, touched you when you sat down into your hypnosis mm-hmm. uh, before we actually got started something like touched a pillow that on in the chair that you were sitting in and nobody was around you
2: Yeah. Uh Uh, And then when you were doing your ass and something shook your chair and then it (laughs) turned out to be me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That was my great marker moment. Um, But, yeah, there was also that moment um, where I was in the restroom. And um, I so it's like you, you sit and then to the left of you on the same wall is the big mirror. And so out of the corner of my eye, I'm seeing like this white figure, like flowy and moving and things like that. And I kind of assume I'm like, oh, maybe it's the towel that's hanging. But I look over where the towel is, the towel's not moving, man. And I again look and I can see this figure out of the corner of my eye in a shape of a human standing in the mirror. I can't see myself because I'm right of the mirror. So um, and of course, as soon as I turn to look, there's nothing there, but I was freaked out
0: dude
2: and this is the same area i mean we were like half a mile away if that from where kyle Cadell from uh the international paranormal museum saw his bigfoot sighting that he told us about yeah. when he was on the show uh and we confirmed that with him because we got to go visit him which was super cool. right so
1: yeah i mean it was uh you know not not the i would say it was more um spiritual or uh, uh ghosty stuff that happened That Mm -hmm. weekend than like ufo type stuff but still very cool i I had a good time my only my only uh disappointment was not being able to do the ouija board with santosh because i've never never done the ouija board with santosh before Mm -hmm. i was was interested to see what you know me and and two psychics on the board would bring (laughs) to the table
2: well we kept being so drained i mean i think that was part of it too and our uh, electrical equipment was being drained i mean that's why we actually filmed an astral stew but the mic the external mic that we had completely drained within yeah. minutes. Um, and so we had no sound like at all. So we had to completely redo that later. Which, on, but
1: which we lucked out that I th- that I hooked up the lapel mic for your hypnosis because yeah. it didn't catch any sound for that either. Yeah, so, so
2: luckily um, we've got sound for my hypnosis from an alternate source. So But you
1: know, I mean it really is interesting because um, normally like when we've gone out in the backyard of my house before, you know, we'll stay up till two or three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and then I'll still wake up at eight, you know, because this is yeah. my body's just like used to getting up. So, you know, five hours of sleep. And then uh, even if we go out and do it again the next night, still wake up at eight. It, it, but I'm usually not like totally. I mean, that morning after the first night there. So Saturday morning um, and I slept till 10 o'clock, which never happens. Um, And then. Uh, within probably four or five hours after getting up, I was already like I could have gone home and, you know, gone back and taken mm-hmm. a nap. I mean, I was just
2: and I was the one that wasn't tired. And I was on Pacific time still like I was still four three hours behind. I was still staying up to like four or five in the morning and getting up with you guys at like eight, nine, yeah. you know, most times. But I mean, Friday night, you did you did get level one for Reiki. You got to yeah, for right. that. Yeah. So, I mean, that is energetic especially because you you know uh, for those of you that don't do reiki you don't use your own energy you use reiki energy and so it doesn't drain you but when you're first doing it like you can't you're still trying to figure out how to differentiate so um and you're you know it's it's like working your mystical muscles and so no wonder you slept so so late on saturday
1: (laughs) well and i you know i'll tell you i've I've reikied the hell out of a lot of things so (laughs) it's been fun yep i love reiki
2: man absolutely love it
1: Uh, So that's creepy catch up We're we're already planning um, uh, next. You know, it's like, what are you going to do next year? Pinky try to conquer UFOs. Yeah, I don't
2: know. know. We got some ideas, Um, you know, Somerset. We did get to go to the pyramid, though, in Somerset and a couple of penny royal places and like i said got to see kyle and go to the museum for a while we sat talked to him for a good long time and uh, we'll actually be having uh nathan and hopefully kyle too i'm not sure if kyle's gonna be able to make it but uh nathan on i believe in two weeks um so uh that's gonna be really really cool to catch up with them because they're getting ready to premiere penny royal season two two, and yeah uh i'm uh, i am not a competitive person so i don't give a shit listen to penny royal because yeah. it's a really good podcast well so. and, and,
1: and you know just when we were down there talking to kyle he he was just oh uh, it's just season two is just crazy you know so i
2: know I'm, it's so funny because he was like i don't know when it's gonna happen because there's just so much stuff that we've come across and literally two days later uh nathan drops when season two is gonna drop yeah so Oh, it's but gonna yeah. be crazy man but yeah what a fun crazy i love we get our annual trips i wish the weather had worked out a little bit better and and time because we didn't get to go into the uh, the ghost tunnel train tunnel like i wanted to and yeah. a couple other things we had planned but you know them's the breaks so um, it is what it is. And hopefully this uh, this weekend here, hopefully we'll be getting into some spooky stuff with your brother and Lance and Victoria. Yep. Um, hopefully, 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 hopefully the weather's good hopefully, as well. Yeah. So it's maybe we'll have some good creepy catch up, uh, you know, for that as well. So. Other than,
1: you know, supposed to be, you're, you're going to freeze your butt off because it's supposed to get on like 58. Oh,
2: dude. Today, the high was like 84 and it was 68 this morning. And I was like, I should have grabbed a coat. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. I was
0: cold
2: because <laughs> there's no humidity, so it's just cold yeah. air. Like it's crazy, man. Um, but anyways, let's get moving on, man. Um, but thank you guys for just caring about our journey and our our just craziness and fun and the things that happened to us. So, because um, October is going to be a cool month, man. You know we got like we said the the con- the conventions coming up. We've got uh, Josh, you're coming out to Arizona. We're going to be hooking up with Shane Hurd and Jace McClellan. Hopefully, um, we just got to lot of stuff going on man it's just it's, yeah it's gonna be awesome so, so we got some great guests down the wire like i'm just super
1: yep and i'm already i'm already lining people up for next year so yep. it's gonna be gonna be a great time
2: all right so that is our creepy catch up and uh let's go ahead and take a very quick break and when we come back david huggins love and saucers oh yeah This episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast is brought to you by the fine folks at Manscaped. Autumn is in the air, Josh. The pumpkins are in the patch and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're (laughs) grooming, if you know what I'm saying, okay? Now make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, and by boys, I mean all the boy blanket huggers out there, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Well, join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FEARSCAPE. That's what I'm talking about, Josh. Getting ready to have your balls smooth, <laughs> smooth as pumpkins.
1: Smooth not, as pumpkins, smooth as pumpkins. And you know, you know, it's different <laughs> size pumpkins for different people, right? You know, you know yeah, I mean
2: different size pumpkins and make them smooth because uh, <laughs> yeah. you can do that with manscape for someone who's got sensitive skin uh, and has issues. I'm good to go. The wife is happy. I got a light so I can see what I'm doing because I'm a little fat still, so I still got and, a belly in the way. Yep, so
1: you know, well, and you know, and you can use it in the shower i mean not many shavers that you could do that with
2: right <laughs> yeah 100 I mean, and i love that it has the weed whacker so that i can say whacker uh, as many times as i want you to, to <laughs> chop up your worst weeds uh in your top in your nose in your ear god knows we have gotten 40 and we've got hairs growing in places we didn't know there was supposed to be hair there
1: if uh, after you trimmed your pumpkins, you might want to wipe them clean and, and their and their ball wipes are amazing.
2: Yeah. The, or the crop preserver. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, this is that deodorant there to, uh, you know, they go hand in hand with pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah. So I've heard. Hand in <laughs> hand. So they say. <laughs> Anyways, don't forget, you guys, we got to get some Manscaped here because we want you to be smooth as pumpkins.
1: Yeah. So make sure you head on over to Manscaped.com. Use promo code FEARSCAPE, get 20% off free shipping. Again, manscape.com promo code FEARSCAPE. The SCP Multiverse is under constant assault, and destruction can come at any moment. Therefore, having just one database is a folly the Foundation can no longer accept. Join Dr. Kevin Milgram and SCP-073, Cain, as they create an oral history of the SCP Foundation, In Memories of Cain, an SCP Story, hosted by Daniel Dremus. For should the Foundation fall, the unkillable first murderer of man will live on. New episodes drop every second Wednesday of the month on the Fearscape Media Network. Visit FearscapeMedia.com for more information
2: All right. We are back. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. Uh, Make sure to, uh, you know, visit, you know, what we talked about in those ads. We got some good things happening and everything helps us even listening to other podcasts on our network. Well,
1: I mean, just, you know, they're showing us some love. Show them some love. That's right.
2: Um, All right. But yeah. So here we are, uh, Josh, we are in. We're at the end of September, my friend. It is almost spooky season. And uh, so before we get into spooky season, we need to get that last little bit of summer love.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to kick it off. I mean, we're going to get some Blanket Huggins. I mean, David Huggins. Blanket Huggins.
2: Huggins. All right. So (laughs) let's talk about David Huggins and uh, Loving Saucers, man, because this just this changed my life.
1: Yeah. So uh, so David Huggins, I mean, so first of all, he's He's currently 78 years old. Uh, so he is an older gentleman. He's a painter. Uh, he lives in Hoboken, New Jersey. And in kind of the way he he got famous, uh, and the reason that we're talking about him on our show, is that uh, starting at the age of eight, uh, he started seeing um, beings around the farm that he grew up in in Georgia. Um, the first... Uh, being that he saw was this small, uh, like almost like a Sasquatchy type uh, creature that had big orange glowing eyes. And, like, and to hear him talk about it in the documentary, he says, um, You know, I was just out in the field and all of a sudden I hear this voice that says, David, turn around. And he turns around and there's this little short hairy, Guys with glowing eyes standing there, walking towards him. Santosh? and he's like, he's like, I just didn't know what <laughs> to think, so I turn around and I run away. That's what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, then like, uh, then like his next encounter he, again. He's like eight years old. He he goes out uh, to get something out of the barn, and when he goes around the corner, there's this what he describes as like a praying mantis looking. Uh, entity standing there um, and uh, he says that like he just kind of like freaked out and yelled and when he did this mantis thing sprayed him with this like uh, blackish blue liquid substance which which makes me think honestly mm-hmm. of um, the the doc uh, the documentary about the uh hudson valley and those guys oh, talking yeah. about spitting up the blue black stuff mm-hmm. the next morning after their encounter um so anyway so he says as he's running away with this stuff on him it like starts to evaporate and then there was really no no trace of it um then like a the next couple of days go by and then um these uh uh what what I what I will describe is like little greys with uh with blue jumpsuits on. Uh, um, that
2: kind of sounds like uh Hopkinsville. Almost. Yeah.
1: So they so they start well, first of all, he's just he's like walking in this tall grass and he sees this like little bald head kind of just below the, the level of the grass. Um and he's like, Is that a bald head? And then he passes out and then he wakes up several hours later in another set of weeds. Mm. Um, then he, uh, like he looks up in the sky and like seven or eight of these, uh, grays and jumpsuits are falling from the sky and they hit the ground and they take off running after him. And he runs to his house and then runs on the other side of his house and his house is up on like blocks. And so he gets down and he looks underneath the house and he can see their feet standing on the other side of the house. and They just turn around and walk away.
2: God, that would freak me out, dude.
1: What would have been even freakier if one would have leaned down and looked at it?
2: Oh, oh, yeah, because that's what happens in the scary movies, dude. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so uh, he goes to bed that night. And uh, while he's uh, laying there in bed, he gets this feeling and he looks out his window and standing outside of his window are, again, these like little seven or eight little greys. And then next thing you know, he's like they're inside of his room and they grab him, take him outside. And there's a craft hovering in the sky and it some sort of a beam or something, take them and him up into the craft. When he gets up into the craft, there's the mantis looking thing. Uh, There's the grays that he's already been encountering. There's this other guy that he calls a tall thin and the tall thin looks pretty much like humanoid except he has a knob on like the back of his head weird he dude because I just want
2: to say how weird that is the some of the descriptions you just said and what I went through in my hypnosis. I know and I know I, I didn't I, watch this until after um, after all after all that so that's kind of so weird.
1: so and that's what when I was doing the research for this I was like this is going to hit Stefan pretty hard with mm-hmm. the hypnosis stuff and it's Probably gonna hit you a little bit more. I'm gonna say, but so, anyways, this uh, this woman, what he describes as a woman who he says basically looks like a normal woman, except she's really big, like bigger than most, like tall, like she's really tall, um, like
2: China from WWE. <laughs> pretty much,
1: yeah. Like, or maybe even a little taller. Right. Anyway, she's got this uh, this kind of rod in her hand. And she walks over and the grays, again, he's eight years old, tilt his head back, and she shoves this rod into his nose and implants something in his nose. Ugh. And then and then he says, you hurt me, you hurt me. And she says, let me see. And she waves her hand and the pain is gone. That's some Jesus level stuff. Or Are they Reiki practitioners?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I think Santosh has even said it, that there's talk that Jesus was as well during his trips to India and China that they think he was at during his his early years.
1: So then he wakes up in his bed and uh, the next day and everything kind of goes back to normal. Well, so it goes back to normal for several years. Then when he is uh, 17... He's walking through the woods. um,
2: And you wonder at this point, before we even get into this, you wonder at this point what his childhood was like up to this point. You know,
1: so he he does talk about that in the documentary, that his parents were both heavy drinkers and it was an abusive household. Yeah. He said he was he was um, it was either like a belt or a thick switch Um, he's like when they were drinking if he was around it was higher probability that he was going to get hit
2: I mean I don't remember um, in the doc whether or not he talked about it but whether or not he told his parents about his experience Uh, when he was little before the 17 year old stuff
1: yeah so I don't think I don't I don't recall him talking about it in the doc but I based on how he talks about his relationship with his parents I don't I doubt he did Yeah, and I almost wonder if
2: he repressed some of it until the 17 year old experience
1: well so I'll I'll get to that in a minute Um, so anyways he's walking along in the woods when he's uh, 17 years old and he sees this woman sitting underneath the tree and it's basically the same type of woman that uh, you know put a rod in his nose in, in Mm -hmm. in, in the craft and he's like all of a sudden i am uncontrollably aroused he's like i i can't get my pants off fast enough
2: <laughs> this is almost like anakin and, and padme <laughs> because he was a little kid at first right. and then later they meet back up and he's like well hello <laughs> yeah
1: like you know eight years haven't gone by so yeah anyways so um it, he ends up having sex with a female alien um and he said that his uh, orgasm was extremely painful he's like you know it's it was bigger than any orgasm he'd ever had before in his Mm -hmm. life and he was like he was he was kind of jokingly he was like you know i always thought i would lose my virginia virginity like the back of a ford you know or something (laughs) yeah (laughs) like not in the woods with an alien with an
2: alien and uh and you know her name right yeah it's crescent yeah crescent i I thought that was kind of cool so um, so that was the first night.
1: Uh, at 19, his parents aren't home. He writes a note saying um, he, he, he'd heard about this uh, school, uh, the uh, Arts Students League in New York City. And so um, he, when he's 19 years old, he writes his parents a note saying that uh, this is where he's going and he's leaving. They're not home he says if they were home i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have been able to leave yeah um he said he heard this voice in his head saying if you don't get out now you'll never get out so he wrote this note um left it for his parents and drove to new york from georgia and uh again in the, the documentary the way i mean he he's been back to georgia since obviously you mm-hmm. know you go back and visit where you came from but I mean, he doesn't really talk that much about his parents. So I don't know that he's still, I mean, now at the age of 78, I, I doubt they're still alive. Uh, yeah. But so, so anyway, so he goes to New York. Um, when he gets to New York, uh, everything's going well. He's enjoying the, you know, being in the art students league. He's doing all these paintings. He's really, you know, learning all this technique and everything. He loves it. One day after class, um, he's like, he's like, it, it was like during a transit strike. Um, And so he um uh, he can't get a bus to get over to where he lives on the other side of Central Park. And so um, he starts walking. He's like, oh, it's going to be a wet walk. So he starts walking. And uh, he decides to stick his thumb out and see if somebody would give him a ride. So he sticks his thumb out, and this big, dark car pulls up next to him. Where does that remind
2: Here you? Come the man in black. Yeah.
1: And this woman says, um, "Where are you headed?" And he's like, "Just on the other side of Central Park." And uh, she's like, "Well, hop in. I'll give you a ride." So he gets in. She she takes him to where he needs to go. You know, within a within a block or two of where he lives. And he thanks her and uh, goes in his house that night. He's visited by the woman.
2: Boom, time for Crescent Roll.
1: <laughs> and, um,
2: pop that biscuit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and basically, from that month, from that night forward, for several months, every single night, she visits and the mantis figure is always, he says, the mantis figure is always there.
2: He's like, he's like the porn director, is like <laughs> what I felt about it. Like, cause he was always there. It was like, like a director, you know, what? or a like supervisor. A,
1: so I kind of yeah, supervisor is a good word. I, I kind of feel like um, like the woman doesn't have much say in what's happening either. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're both really trapped in the expectations of the mantis and possibly even the, the knobhead guy. Right. Um, so again, for months goes on like, every single night. And, and he's like every morning when I wake up these words in my head say we'll be back tonight every morning when he wakes up we'll be back tonight we'll be back tonight so he wrestles with himself it's like is she is this really happening am i losing my mind (laughs) right uh is she real yes she's real. you know so on and so forth um and uh finally he's walking home from, from the, the school one day and he sees he passes a flower shop and he sees these flowers in the shop and he and he, and he goes in and he picks them up and he takes them to his apartment and, and as he's fallen asleep he says in his mind these are for you mm-hmm. well that night he has his encounter when he wakes up the next morning the flowers are gone mm-hmm. Um. so then he's like Now I'm going to start treating it like a date. So he like clean, he like (laughs) cleans up his apartment. He showers before he goes to bed. You know, he just, you know, does, does the dishes, the whole caboodle. Um, And he, you know, he basically explains it like, you know, he, he, him and Crescent were boyfriend and girlfriend for, you know, this, this long period of time. Mm -hmm. He's like, there were other, there were women at the school that he would try to date. He would go on one date and they would always find some reason to not go on a second date yeah um, so it was just kind of continued on like that uh, then one night he's uh, going to bed and he um, he sees this uh, portal open in the wall in his bedroom oh. and on the other side of the portal is the woman that he's been having relations with and she says um your uh your baby's dying and he's like what 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 are you talking about what what baby she's like your baby it's dying and he's like well then i need to go i need to go there oh no, you can't you're not allowed well i don't care i need to see my baby he says yeah. he says like i said it three times i need to see my baby and so um she lets him in to the portal. He's like, and then the mantis guy is really mad. He's like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And he's like, she said my baby was dying. I can't you can't let my baby die. And so she brings out the baby, and it's just like hanging there lifeless. And he walks over, and he reaches out to touch it. And just moments before he touches it, static electricity sparks from his finger to the baby, and the baby opens its eyes. Sure. And he's like, look, see, the baby's alive. The baby's alive. So then the mantis guy's like, come with me. He goes into this other room and there's just babies everywhere. And they're all laying there lifeless. And he's like, whose babies are these? And the mantis points at him and says, they're yours.
2: Jeez.
1: So he's like, I felt like I needed to help them. So he walks over and does the static thing for every single one. And they all come to life. And he's like, the best I can figure is that I gave them a little bit of my energy and they came to life. Man,
2: that's crazy, man. Not, not he's crazy, but no, that but situation just situation yeah. is crazy because the the one of the biggest reasons why I don't think he's insane is he's constantly questioning his own sanity, which, boom, already, you know, gives you a good inkling that you know you are right.
1: So something else that he talks about here is that the Grays are like the workers yeah which i i i personally find that interesting because that's a theory that we've talked about that mm-hmm. you know in my you know dreams or dream state or whatever that the grays were created as some sort of a uh you know worker class or whatever yeah. so um but um you know basically he's like he's basically there's their stud right so mm-hmm. Um, he's just there, and, and apparently, so, um, there were situations where he was taken into a room and just made to ejaculate into a glass, and then, um, there were all these other women that he was made to sleep with.
2: I mean, this you know, this kind of gets into a little bit of what, um, uh, what's his name, Romanek talked about, yeah, you know, as crazy as we think he is. I mean he 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 talks a lot about being a stud and you know in fact we for a minute I thought we were going to have one of his supposed daughters come on the show yeah um that reached out to us you know because he, you know before he got arrested and stuff he would be at shows and people would come up to him and be like I'm one of your kids I'm almost certain and I even think they did like DNA tests and stuff yeah. like it's kind of crazy
1: um so in 19 so he he, he basically every time one of these encounters would happen they would tell him forget forget and he would always forget Like he, they would say forget he would repeat mm-hmm. back forget and he would forget in um, August of 1987 uh, he said it had been a few years since they had come to see him and in August of 1987 um, all these memories started flooding in um, I
2: wonder why, and he? Huh. I was just saying, I wonder why. Like, what? What's special about that time?
1: I don't know. I mean, maybe it was. Um, maybe it was like some sort of a you know the psychic block that they had on him has an mm-hmm. expiration date, and this is, it hadn't been around in a while. It just kind of wore off. I don't know. Um, but he said that he went out and read. Um, I'm going to totally blank on the guy's name. Um, he was a big ufologist. Um, he died. It's uh, Anton Friedman. No, he wasn't. It was more of a journalist guy. And you like, when I know the name, you're going to be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you didn't think it was a guy's name. It's like Don, um, oh
2: crap. Don Cheadle. <laughs> no <I'm
1: not laughs> Don I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to go look it up and fill yeah. it back in later. But, but, um, so he, he reads this guy's book, um, and there's a section of the book that's called Other Men, Other Women, and it basically, this chapter of this book explains everything that David has gone through and all these members, memories that are rushing back in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so then he starts to meditate, and things start to come together even more, and then he has another encounter, but this time it's not a sexual encounter. This time, the mantis bean says, let David paint. (laughs) From that point forward, he starts painting what he remembers. And he's like, every time that I paint what I remember, it gives me comfort. He's like, one time I painted something that was completely false, never happened, and I destroyed it because they told me they were angry with me that I can paint them, but I have to be honest. I can't paint anything that's false.
2: Interesting.
1: Um, you know, I, I found an interview one of the first uh, kind of interviews that was done with David um, by a guy named um, uh, Corey Arm Priester. I guess what it's how it's pronounced. Um, and this was before Vice picked it up and did an article. This is before, after the Vice article, they created the documentary. This is so Corey is one of the first people to really kind of quote unquote break David's story. The article was written in 2011. Um, and so it's got some more type. Uh, question and answer type responses here mm-hmm. and so i thought it'd be interesting to go through some of the questions that cory asked and some of the responses that david gave so um let's see so uh what do the ets think of the human pursuit of art david's response that's very interesting most of the people that i met other abductees that are involved with these beings have a very creative bent to them I sort of feel like the art and creative aspect is associated with them, the ETs in some way. Hmm. Um, do the ETs produce art as we know it? David's response, I can't say that I've seen it.
2: Yeah, I think we talked uh, to Santosh about that one time, um, about you know, just do they, is it all science and yeah. math or, yeah. or are they artists as well?
1: Yep. Um, you know, talking about one of his uh, abduction experiences he said he felt like he was always in space um, but he said he could only go off of that because there was a window where he could see the stars it makes me wonder though if that was a window or was it a painting (laughs) hanging on a wall (laughs) to make you feel like you were in space when really you were underground
2: Mm, again something that we have talked about And we even wondered during my hypnosis of whether or not I was actually in space, or the stars that I saw was that simply just a recreation um, of stars to calm me, right? Well, because
1: think about it—you feel. Oftentimes, people explain when they go up in the ray to the craft, Mm -hmm. they feel weightless. I would think if you're falling. You feel whitelist. But if you think about if you're in an elevator and it goes up really quick, what do you feel?
2: Yeah, same. We we used to um so Santosh and I used to be a part of this theater company called a uh, specific gravity ensemble. And um one of the shows that we had done was called Elevator Plays, and we actually did a series of I don't know, thirty or forty, if that line, maybe it was only twenty, I can't remember now, of short ninety second plays that people would get into elevators with us and we would do these plays. They would see a play going up and a play going down. They would go to another elevator. They would see a play going up, going down. Well, with us rehearsing all the time and us constantly being in elevators nonstop because they're waiting in lines to get on, we would get what we called after ride. So like for like 30 minutes after we would get done rehearsing or doing a show, we would just be sitting there and still feeling that feeling of going up or yeah. down in an elevator. And it was like, it sucked sometimes, man, because like, it could get motion sickness from it. We, a lot of us had to take uh Dramamine and stuff like that. So it was crazy. Yeah.
1: So just like, you know, when people say, you know, I feel weightless is up being suspended. Well, mm-hmm. maybe it's because you're falling, not going up.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so, uh, the uh, interviewer asked, how are your memories triggered? David responds with well, sometimes by another painting. I'll be working on another painting and suddenly I'll remember another incident that occurred. Uh, <clears throat> the interviewer asked, in your book, you talk about the hair on the female hybrids as being a wig. What is it about the hair that seems so unusual to you? He says it's, go ahead
2: no i was just gonna say yeah i never thought about that but i've seen these paintings a bazillion times now and i didn't (laughs) thought about her having hair like and questioning it
1: well and what makes what you know and i don't want to you know no offense to anybody who doesn't have hair i'm not trying to be offensive in any way but i wonder if it's a ploy to make you be more attractive to or attracted to you Maybe, know if, if you put a wig on.
2: But she almost you know, like looking at the paintings of her, she almost seems like a kabuki character from Japan yeah. because it's like here's this naked human body, it's just tall, like like I said, China, um, from WWE, black hair with bangs, but then this white grey alien of, yeah. face that sits and just kind of fades into the uh, Caucasian flesh tone uh, starting from the neck down. And it's really strange. It almost seems like almost as if she had to wear a a mask of a gray, right? Yeah. It's it's just so interesting. Um, So uh,
1: the hair, so so he says it's very unkempt. I remember one time one of the females was walking past me. And the hair was not on right. She took it off and I was taken aback by that. And so I said, should I shave my head to let her know I was okay with it? Mm-hmm. Um. So here's, he has to have your parents ever dealt with, have your parents dealt with your ET experiences? This is directly to the question you asked her.
2: I know. So I was like, bring it. Let's go. (laughs) So he
1: says, as a kid, I would see one of the beans and I would run to the house and say, hey, mom and dad, there is something out there at the barn or something behind the house. And they would say, quit making things up. There's nothing there. One time I did it and it was too much. I got a whooping really, really bad. The next day I went behind the house and there is the woman Crescent. With a few grays and one insect bean. And I remember telling the woman, My mama and daddy don't believe me that I see you and I got a whipping. As soon as I did, as soon as I said that, I knew Crescent didn't like that. She looked at me and said, Then don't tell them. After that, I never said a word.
2: Wow. You know, and and you know, that's something we talked about pretty early on in your tenure here was whether or not you should believe your kids when it comes to this stuff right and and can it cause damage if you do or if you don't
1: yep so it's interesting he asked um do you have an absolute trust in these beings and he said yes they have helped me in a lot of ways very interesting
2: well you know and and i agree with that because you know hearing him talk i mean it changed his life for the good he constantly talks about that you know how he became a painter he found this passion and you know he just he wasn't some abused kid anymore he was worth more than that you know even though in a weird way he was abused by these alien creatures as well if you really think about it but um yeah it's just strange man like i can't imagine so <laughs> having to process all of that
1: here's a time when they literally saved his life <clears throat> he says Um, I nearly drowned I'm looking at this person while I'm drowning and I hear this voice say let him live and just as they said that my toe catches hold of a root and I'm able to pull myself to shore.
2: yeah God, there, there's a part of me that would feel like I have no control over my life. Right? Yeah. Like, because it, I would just start feeling like they get to decide whether or not I live or die.
1: Um, They ask about how the ETs are organized. And he says, you know, there are the greys. Then there's Crescent. Then there's a guy very tall and angular, very thin, and he has a hair bun on the back of his head. Mm-hmm. He has red eyes and he communicates with the insect beings. So does Crescent.
2: Yeah, he's kind of like a small little Sasquatch. Kind of reminds me of Wendigo from uh, Alpha well, Flight no, Marvel Comics. That's
1: not the tall guy with the bun on his hair.
2: Oh, I thought you were talking about the hairy guy. No. No, the tall, thin guy. Sorry. And
1: I said, that's like got that, like the knob on the back of his head.
2: He right. My like, bad. Well. I, I misheard because I was looking I was at a know. picture. of. <laughs>
1: okay. um, so again, in 2011, he asks, are you in contact with them today? And he responds with, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, was when 2011,
2: was 2011? Your- you said
1: that was 2011. He says, when, when was your last encounter with them? And he said, maybe about a month ago. Hmm. Um they ask if you're in your physical body during these encounters or are you out of body that's a question i had as well yeah um he says it's combinations of all those sometimes they come and just take me i know i've had a lot of the out of the body experiences there are times when i'm with them i feel like i'm in a human body but a much younger body almost like they've transplanted his consciousness which is something else we've talked about
2: right like he's got an open system (laughs)
1: yeah exactly or like they, <clears throat> they they cloned him so that they could transfer his consciousness to that body on their ship, right, so maybe that's more cost effective than the manpower it takes to secure a human
2: <laughs> right exactly
1: <laughs> um as ask do you feel violated? do you have a say in what they do to you um he says it was up to me. The little hairy guy came to my room one time and asked, David, can we use your body? And I said, yes, you can use it as much as you like. He seemed very happy by my response, and he left the room.
2: <laughs> I'm not even going to respond.
1: <laughs> um, he said, the person asked, was that before or after the sexual encounters? That was after. I was like, hey, man, why are you asking now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ask him if he confirms the law of free will. He says, yes, there is free will. Um, He asked if there's a male equivalent to Crescent. Uh, He says, I can't say I've seen a lot of males. I have no idea. Uh, There does seem to be a faint memory of other males, but I don't remember too much. Hmm. Um, They ask why he thinks he was chosen He says he doesn't know
2: Um, Yeah, you know it's. I think Travis Walton talks about this too In a lot of these abductees like this Is They want to know So badly Why And sometimes it's It's like that movie The Strangers I know you don't watch horror movies But in The Strangers there it's not supernatural it's not anything it's these people that just break into this house and just murder this couple and all this crazy stuff and at one point Liv tyler who's the the actress in there she asks them why why are you doing this what did we do to you how do we know you and they said you were home and you know and that that some of these that's what they may end up finding out is just you were there we were qu- qu- going over a field and we saw you playing you know like who knows you know i yep. my sister and i were walking in the woods we right just got seen right yep. it's like you know is it always this big thing no can it be maybe
1: yeah i don't know
2: yeah i don't know either
1: um So a couple of things here about his uh, hybrid children. Um, So they asked, you know, what are they being used for? He doesn't know. Are they both male and female? Yes. Uh, What are the alien hybrid children fed? He says, I remember eating some dark chocolate substance. It was like chocolate pudding. There was an odd taste in my mouth the next morning. And after I had a glass of water, it was gone um are any of your alien children artistic i like i like this answer it says i don't know this has never occurred to me you ask nice questions i'll try to find out it's like the the fact he's just going to go and ask hey are anybody yeah
2: i'm like do you do you even still see your kids outside of the, the spaceship
1: well he they ask if um if he knows any of his alien hybrid children and he says, I'm sure on some level, I know them all. Um, Then there's a question around the female ETs vagina and how does it feel? Hmm. And he was like, there's not much warmth, but you got to remember that my senses are, are subdued when I'm with them. Right. The intense orgasm you would normally feel is toned down. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> He's sedated to keep from flipping out. Um so what's really interesting is during the period of time between when they started to kind of leave him alone and when he started to have his memories come back he got married and had a child okay. Um his son is at the time in 2011 was 27 years old
2: was he in the documentary or did i make that up
1: i don't know i've got no, about i think so
2: i think at the very very end as like i've had, got about i got about 20 pictures. minutes left yeah i think they showed like a picture or something of him I mean, and he, saying where he is with everything
1: he lives in thailand so yeah um but um you know they basically ask you know has anything come to your son uh has he had any experiences and he says basically, if he has, he hasn't shared them with me. Yeah. The last question is a really good, really good question and a really good answer. The question is Does it frustrate you not having very many answers to your questions? His response is, I go with the flow.
2: Good man. It's a good question. <laughs> a good question. I mean, yeah. or a yeah, good answer. Is. I mean, he just, he answers
1: i mean it's mad the end of the but day. they're like
2: they're good good answers
1: but i mean what do you i mean what else would the you know if you it, it's like trying to have a fight with the wind you know I right. mean, it you're not gonna you're not gonna inflict any pain other than on yourself
2: right absolutely so um
1: but yeah so he, you know again current age he's, he's 78 years old uh the documentary that's out was released in 2017 um and it was it was filmed when he was 72 so it's about six years uh, old i guess from when it was filmed um but uh i mean as, as far as i know he's still painting yeah all of his all of his paintings are available on his gallery online
2: the the director um, of The documentary Brad Abrahams um, He still stays in contact with him uh, We follow him on Our Twitter here and he does a Monthly check in that just says hey Had a monthly check in with David Things are good yeah. <laughs> You know like he doesn't yeah. really Give much uh, information other than that But yeah just like so He's still he's still kicking and as Far as we know still painting which is great I'm yeah. like stupid COVID I'm like, when's when's he gonna have an art show in Phoenix? Because yeah. I wanna, I'm already looking like, man, just the prints alone on the Love and Saucers webpage are like seventy bucks for a print, and I'm like, jeez, I want to go to an actual show and look at paintings. Oh, that's what I want to see. I want to go to
1: an actual show and take a picture with my phone and then print that off.
2: <laughs> then print that off exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> go to go to you know a discount canvas.com and, and get that for 12 bucks so right Right. anyways not that we would ever encourage art theft intellectual property theft anyways so um, uh, that is David's uh, interesting journey um, and it sounds like a journey that he's still on
2: yeah uh, you know and skeptics are skeptics man I've seen a number of articles that start out insane man believes he had sex with aliens. Like when they're even just talking about the documentary, Mm -hmm. that's just the headline that reads. And I I feel like that's unfair.
1: The um, the author of this article, like I said, that found that had the interview, Mm -hmm. he has a line in here that I (laughs) um, I think is interesting. It says, uh, I suspect David is suffering from Stockholm syndrome. He has, accepted, that. he has accepted his lifelong enslavement as a sort of gift. He feels protected by these beings and claims they have saved his life on more than one occasion. He is genuinely grateful for their intrusion into his life.
2: I mean, I'm not going to lie. I thought that. That's what I was feeling the whole time, you know, because it, it does feel that way because it was something i mean he was forced to do these things yeah um you know and it's it does feel like stockholm syndrome because he was abused at the end of the day if these things truly truly happened and if these were humans doing these things he would have been massively abused 17 so in some states that's still statutory rape right so it's like you know,
1: uh, well, I mean, at the age at the age of eight, you know, he had something shoved in his nose. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean yeah. so I
2: mean, it's and and well, you do <sighs> you wonder if it's because of the abuse he suffered from his parents as well for him to go. Well, this is life. This is what yeah. life is supposed to be. At least this one feels good.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, in, in you know, think about. At 17. Your hormones are crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And you know you're you're having sex on the regular. At least you at least you you know you get the feeling that you are right. So yeah. uh, whether or not it's actually happening or not. So you know if and then you take that and extrapolate it out across his entire lifetime. Um, I mean, he, you know, he's he's divorced, like he's no longer you know with his wife. Um, and I would imagine that this probably had a, a big play in in, the, in a lot of that. Um, But Jay, you're right. I mean, he he was even if it wasn't people, if it's, you know, regardless if it's people or aliens, the trauma that he um, has suffered over his lifetime
2: um, is really rather cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I mean, as always, like we say, do your own research um see what you find check out the love and saucers documentary uh you can rent it on amazon i I mean go to loveandsaucers.com there it'll have all the links to all the streaming places you can rent or find it i know it's on tubi Uh, you can also go to amazon uh and get the book that just has the paintings it's called love in an alien purgatory the life and fantastic art of david huggins uh and it's a book filled Uh, with his story and filled with all of his, his, a lot of his paintings and stuff. I mean, there's just a number of different ways to kind of look out for this guy.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it is um, the documentary is, is very well put together. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, at the end of the day, it's really hard for me. I'll say this. It's hard for me to listen to his story and not um, uh, think about uh, some other (laughs) things that i know about Mm -hmm. um and not believe him
2: yeah you know it's interesting because i've been saying probably for about a year and a half now that we needed to check out this documentary um and cover it but I, i i mean i never really watched anything about it besides just seeing the trailer and i really thought they were gonna handle it um much more lighter than they did i thought it was going to be more like this guy is definitely nuts look how crazy this is he's a goof Mm -hmm. nugget boop no they handled it very well um really showed what a real person this this man is and it it was touching it it, you know you know it it was just it it was heartfelt um you can't help but sympathize with the guy and you're kind of like okay yeah i kind of think this happened because he doesn't he doesn't sound like a nutcase he doesn't sound like this he's just very sure yeah his paintings are incredible Yep. i don't know man (laughs) that's where we stand um but yeah uh if 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 anybody's got any of his paintings you can send me one um just email me (laughs) (laughs) anyways josh well let's get moving on man thank you so much for uh you know uh sharing with the audience uh you know the the life of david huggins here and and his art um love and saucers again great documentary check it out um but we're gonna get out of here um of course before we do we got to get into our last segment uh of the night which is encounters from the fearscape Uh, So uh, getting into Encounters from the Fearscape, uh, I kept hoping for a UFO one, uh, but I didn't have any tapped in my archive uh, just to kind of fit the theme uh didn't have anything like that um but uh, we've been getting and we are getting into spooky season so it kind of is fitting here uh but this encounter comes from a listener named Don uh from tennessee uh and uh the, the story is a it's interesting and I, I think some of us that were kids may have had some similar experiences so check this out my first encounter with a spirit was when i had a sleepover with two school friends uh, they were sisters We had a nice evening playing in their yard. Uh, We had supper, and then we played some more, and then we went to bed. And we were all three in the same bed. Uh, I was in the middle there, and uh, their parents were in their bed too. Um, The bedroom door was open, and the hall light was on. Well, at this point, the girls, the sisters there, proceed to tell me that there is a ghost. (laughs) that comes out of their parents' room when the grandfather clock at the end of the hall strikes twelve and then walks down the hall. Okay? I was a little kid, okay? And so were they. (sighs) Anyways, we waited. I thought this was just a joke and that they were trying to scare me because that's what you do when you're kids. And then the clock started chiming. And it chimed on the 12th time. And as soon as that happened, the door to their parents' room just opened. (laughs) And this big, dark, shadowy figure walked out and walked down the hall. I was absolutely terrified. And these sisters, they just were giggling, just giggling. I didn't sleep a wink the rest of the night. I was so scared. I went home the next morning before breakfast. And I'll tell you what, I never went back. And I even stopped hanging out with them at school. Mm-mm.
0: You know,
1: it makes me think about my um, so my grandfather, you know, was a dairy farmer. Mm hmm and he would get up you know he'd come home he'd come in from the last milk of the night around 10 o'clock eat dinner and then go to bed shortly after yeah but every night at 1 a.m he would get up and go to the bathroom and so it just makes you think you know was that spirit just kind of residual
2: that's what i'm thinking yeah you know getting up
1: and getting going to the bathroom or yeah. getting up and getting a snack or right i mean like we don't
2: that. know anything about the house that they were in i mean it could have been a grandfather clock that had been there yeah. years and that was a thing it would wake him up every time and he would go to right. the bathroom um or things like that yeah i don't know but it does it does reminds me of when i was a kid everybody had a friend that had that haunted house <laughs> you know that yeah. they lived in or or something um just yeah that's definitely spooky um for sure and that would have scared me especially if you live in a house uh where you didn't have those kind of things happen unlike my house uh where my house was one of the haunted houses so (laughs) it was you know it's one of those things um but thank you don thank you for sharing that with us for uh encounters Uh, from the fearscape remember you guys can send us your uh your encounters you can you know send them to us anyway you want to send us a file with you with your voice we haven't had one of those in a while we'd love to hear your voice um or hook up us up uh at the uh the paranormal convention this weekend as another way or just send all those things podcast at gmail.com or at fearscapepod at any of our um social medias uh so but josh we are gonna get out of here uh just want to quickly remind everyone to go to fearscapemedia.com check out all the other great podcasts that are there you can also download the fearscape media network app uh on the google play store for free for free ladies and for gentlemen free. for free. Um, and you can get access to all of our shows as well as all the other great shows, mysteries of the dark and, uh, all that stuff, uh, other great shows. Um, also, uh, I'm getting ready to start looking to see if anybody's got some new podcasts. Uh, if you guys are looking, we'd love to add a few more to our network. So if you got some ideas, uh, for a podcast and, you know, or you've got one that, you know, you'd like to see it, join our network, hit us up podcast at gmail.com or media at gmail.com either one hit us up let us know what you got or hit us up at the paranormal convention and we can talk yeah. so yeah. we would love and it doesn't all have to be spooky like i said we've got you know wishful wishful uh th- drinking and binge thinking i mean we've got yeah. some you know unsensitive some some different things out there so just you know anything uh that we we just find interesting we would love to yeah have. so So. we're going to get out of here josh uh thank you so much and again i will say that the plant that sits behind you looks like the ring girl and it keeps freaking me out (laughs) um but yeah uh we love you guys so much take care this has been stefan keep your eyes on the skies this has been josh the truth is now and remember folks hold those blankets extra tight things tend to get spooky when you're listening to fearscape good night everybody good night We hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us. And we thank you, as always, for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown. Please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek. FearscapePodcast.com forward slash support.